guys welcome back it has been it has been a little bit (laughs) but we are slowly progressing day by day um month by month actually getting through these this chapter of john now the last time we were here um jesus was talking to a crowd of people and um he was describing himself as being the bread of life right um in the morning time some of you guys might be familiar with um give us this day our daily bread right i don't know if some of you guys know what that truly means so let let, let's let's dissect that for a second you know there is food that we eat every single day and the 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 reasons for us eating that food is to nourish our bodies um to give us um to replenish us to provide to us um substance uh vitamins um uh, things that we need to give us energy throughout the day right um if we should go without food for a long period of time the body would experience um some very detrimental uh, effects, right? So we would become fatigued. um, Our our brains would not be functioning at its full capacity. Um, We would would become, uh, some of us might experience, if not most of us would experience brain fog, which means that uh, we would not be thinking very clearly. And it would just be it would just be very difficult to proceed throughout life at the top, you know, um, uh, in, in the best shape that we could possibly be in, in order to go through the tasks that we've assigned ourselves, um, whether they are uh, anything that's I, I guess you could say business related or something like uh, doing house chores, you know, um, being a mother you know, uh, being, being a caretaker, um, just, you know, being a wife, you know, being able to get up, jump out of bed and handle the task of everyday life. We need food, right? So Jesus basically says, I am like food. You need me. You need me to function in this life. If you want to be successful, if you want to be able to carry out all of the tasks and all of the things of the kingdom, everything that I am, my characteristics, the way that I walk through this journey in the Bible, the lessons that I am able to teach you, um, the way that I'm going to um, uh, lead um, where you follow is something that you're going to need and it's going to nourish you. It's going to give you things in this lifetime that's going to help you navigate around the everyday hardships of life, the task of life. When you step into living for God, you know, God gives us um, assignments. 
And much like it is to be a mother, much like it is to get up and go to work, you know, and we eat our food so that we can sustain ourselves throughout the day and it gives us energy. Um, when God assigns us, gives us a calling, gives us something to do for the kingdom specifically. Jesus is basically saying, I am what you need in order to get you through this task. The thing, the way that I am living my life is, is, an, is, a, is a replica. It is, I am a living example. I am the bread. I am the nourishment that you are going to need in order for you to be successful. I am the guidebook. When you read about the ways in which I speak to the Pharisees, when you read about the ways in which I uh, talk to my disciples, the examples that I set by going off and praying multiple times throughout the scripture, finding time for myself, pulling myself away from the crowd so that I can get close to God, all of these examples that I'm showing you, um, uh, that I'm living out, this is what you are going to have to follow through uh, with as an example. You're, you're going to have to use my, my, the design of my life and repeat it, in essence, in order to sustain yourself um, throughout the, the ordeals and the tribulations that you might come against. Now, the way that Jesus had the, the words that he chose, you know, and this is, this is, uh, forgive me for s some of you who are just like, you know, get to the scripture, but I feel like it's important for us to do these recaps. You know, Jesus uses very interesting words, very interesting words in order to get his point across, right? He says, this bread is my flesh which I will give for the life of the world. Now, immediately the, the crowd is just like, wait a minute. First of all, we've never heard anybody preach with this kind of authority. We are enamored. You have captured us as an audience. We are soaking in everything that you are saying. And we love most of your ideas. Some of the ideas we don't even really understand, but we like the way you, you, the way you talk to us. But then Jesus starts saying, this bread is my flesh. And the crowd is like, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Sometimes it's difficult to um, preach to the world when they can only understand worldly things. You ever find yourself, you know, ministering? And I want to say, for those of you who are stepping into this journey um, uh, now, you know, you're like at that infant stage where you're learning about Jesus, but you want to spread the good news. And then there are those of you who, who y'all been riding with Jesus for a while now, you know, and this is what you do. You talk about God, God sits with you when you eat, like he is with you all the time. So anybody, know, everybody around you knows, everyone who knows you and loves you knows that when you come around, Jesus is walking in with you too. <laughs> and, and may the Lord bless you for that. <laughs> so sometimes you're gonna find yourself preaching to the world. 
You're going to find yourself ministering to the world. You're going to find yourself talking to people about Jesus, right? And they are not going to understand you. If they don't rock with God, if that's not a path they want to go down, you can try as hard as you might, but I'm telling you, trying to preach to a worldly people, it's going to sound very foreign to them. You might as well be speaking a different language. Now, that's not to say that you pull back and you just don't talk to these people, but you have to understand that Jesus, you know, in, in John 6, he's showing us. He's revealing to us that on, remember what I said, you know, Jesus is, is the bread of life. So he is the example. You know, he has built the foundation. He's like, look, everything that I'm experiencing in my lifetime, when you walk with God, you're going to experience this too. It may not come exactly as how I am experiencing it because I live in a different time, but you're going to experience something very, very similar to this. And so Jesus is using terminologies like, you know, this bread is my flesh. And they're like, whoa, 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 that, 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 we, this is not the way that we want to hear the gospel. This is not the way that we want to hear the gospel. People have certain ideas of how they want to be talked to. They don't want to seem docile. They don't want to feel attacked. They don't want to feel pressured and they definitely want to understand what is being said to them or they are not going to sit down long enough to receive it. And when you live in the world and you try to receive kingdom things, you're going to kind of feel docile. You're going to kind of feel lost. You're going to kind of feel attacked. Your pride, your ego is certainly going to take a hit. Because I'm, most people in this world pride themselves on their intellect. They pride themselves on the things that they've learned as they've grown up, the things that they've been able to retain, the things that they can uh, uh, teach their children. We are people of, of legacy. I don't care where you are in life. Most people get great pleasure out of being able to share wisdom share the things that they've learned. So when you try to express yourself to worldly people about the kingdom of God, you're going to come against some opposition. And I think that's what Jesus wanted to reveal to us. But another thing that if you dig deeper into the scripture, Jesus is basically saying, Jesus, so he starts using, he's using this language on purpose because Jesus has identified that everybody here is not for God. There are some people in this crowd who have not come here to receive the word. They have come here to judge. They have come here to see a show, to make a spectacle of the kingdom of God, to shout the Lord's name in vain, to watch the, the, the speaker fall on their face. They want to see chaos. They want to see destruction. 
So Jesus intentionally uses verbiage that he knows only a chosen people would understand. Only a chosen people would be meek enough to 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 try to interpret what Jesus is saying. When you receive the word of God, there's a certain amount of humbleness that you live in in order for you to receive the word. If you're puffed up in knowledge, if you think you know everything, and you allow your ego and your pride, you know, to get the best of you, you're going to hear verbiage like this. You're going to hear kingdom words. And you're going to turn away from it because you think you know everything. It's a lot to unpack. It's a lot to unpack in this, in this, this sermon. But let, let, let's, let's, I want you guys to keep at the forefront that the last time we were here, Jesus was basically telling everybody, I am the bread of life. I, the things that I am teaching you guys through my life, which praise the Lord has been written down and documented for us to read so that we can follow through with the examples he has set. This is how we are going to be able to navigate through the world. This is how we are going to be able to come up against opposition. This is how we are going to be able to look certain evils. And I'm not saying everything is evil. There's a lot of light in this very dark world. But at the end of the day, if you feel like you're lost in your life, if you feel hopeless, if you feel like you just, you don't feel like you're succeeding, then I encourage you, dig deeper into this word. Follow Jesus. Get a journal. When you come across scriptures and you see dialogue of Jesus talking to a particular person, don't just read the words, analyze characteristics. Who does the Pharisee remind you of in your life? Is it your mother? Is it your father? Is it that coworker? And if that is a per, if it, and you will know because God, God speaks to you in that way. You will, you will see it in your mind when you're reading it. You're like, yo, this kind of sounds like my brother, you know, as you're reading it. And once you've established that, that once you've established the type of characteristic that you're seeing and not necessarily the Pharisee, because the Pharisee is an example of many different people you're going to meet in your life. But once you've established the characteristic, then you can say, okay, well, what are they talking about? What's the topic they're talking about? Are they talking, is Jesus talking about being kind? Is Jesus talking about a particular uh, commandment? How is the Pharisee following this commandment and how is Jesus following this commandment? And then you're going to, you dissect the way that Jesus talks to the Pharisees. What kind of verbiage is Jesus using 
Is Jesus attacking the Pharisee? Is he getting upset? Is he getting loud? Is he being strategic? Is he pointing out the flaws of the Pharisee? Or is he just talking about the topic at hand? You'll notice throughout scripture, Jesus does not throw stones. He does not judge. He does not, in a, actually, he does not judge in a way that the world judges. And the world has a tendency to judge by bringing death into the situation. The world can recognize that you're doing something bad and they will bring you down into the slums. They'll call you names. They'll dissect every inch of you, your body, your personality. They'll make up lies about you. Jesus doesn't, he doesn't play like that. He doesn't play at all, but he doesn't, I guess what I want to say is he doesn't get down like that. It's unnecessary for me to tear you down because I don't agree with you. What is necessary is for me to build you up. The only thing that I need to do, and this is what Jesus has, Jesus, uh, has shown us and is showing us, the only thing I need to do is to encourage you, to let you know that the way that I am living, you can live that way too. To let you know that there is hope, that it is obtainable. To let you know that if you should fall, you will rise again. To let you know that you're not alone, that you have a father in heaven. You walk into no battles alone. Examples have been set for you. All right. So let's get into this word. <laughs> um, so the last time we, we, um, we left on uh, John chapter 6, verse 70. And um, I'm going to start. I'm going to start there. Right. So Jesus is the bread of life. Then Jesus replied, have I not chosen you the 12? Yet one of you is the devil. He meant Judas, the son of Simon Issachariot, who though one of the 12 was later to betray him. John seven, Jesus goes to the festival of the tabernacles. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee he did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus's brother said to him, leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public fig figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. Therefore, Jesus told them, my time is not yet here. For you, any time will do. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. You go to the festival. I am not going to the festival because my time has not yet fully come. After he said this, 
he stayed in Galilee. However, after his brothers had left for the festival, he went also, not publicly, but in secret. Now at the festival, the Jewish leaders were watching for Jesus and asking, where is he? Among the crowd, there was widespread whispering about him. Some said, he is a good man. Others replied, no, he deceives the people. But no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the leaders. Jesus teaches at the festival. Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews there were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own I, on their own, does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who has sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law? Why are you trying to kill me? You are demon-possessed, the crowd answered. Who is trying to kill you? Jesus said to them. I did one miracle and you are all amazed. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses, but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Now, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Stop judging me by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. Division over who Jesus is. At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, isn't this the man they are trying to kill? Here he is speaking publicly and they are not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Messiah? But we know where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he is from. Then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, yes, you know me and you know where I am from. I am not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him and he sent me. At this, they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Still, many in the crowd believed in him. They said, when the Messiah comes, he will perform more signs than this man. The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him. Jesus said, I, I am with you for only a short time, and then I am going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, where does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? Will he go where our people live scattered among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What did he mean when he said, you will look for me, but you will not find me? And where I am, you cannot come? On the last and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living waters will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given 
since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing his words, some of the people said, surely this man is a prophet. Others said, he is the Messiah. Still others asked, how can the Messiah come from Galilee? Does not scripture say that the Messiah will come from David's descendants and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. All right, guys. We are going to end it there for now. Um, this one is this one is particularly short, and we didn't even get through the full chapter. I'm I'm gonna do as I feel like the Lord is leading me to do, and um, I think it was important for you guys to understand the last chapter that we read. Um, I hope that you all are able to apply it practically. And may the Lord bless and keep you guys. We didn't get to pray at the beginning. Um, of course, I hope that, you know, some of you guys caught that and will have prayed on your own. But let's end it in prayer. Heavenly Father, bless you for your wisdom today. Um, because it was not me truly laying down uh, the explanation of what was spoken the last time we were here. Um Thank you for using me as a vessel today. Thank you for uh, opening up the ears of your people. And I pray that they are able to apply your word practically. I pray that as they open up John and, you know, I encourage you guys, um, <laughs> you know, let's say the Lord encourages you guys, please read this chapter. Even if I haven't gotten to gotten past uh, certain verses, read on through and then come back and enjoy it with me the second, third time, fourth time around. You'll, ins you're un you'll understand it more. Trust me, throughout your lifetime, you're going to read these passages at least a million times. And each time you read it, you're going to receive something different. May the Lord bless and keep us all as we go through this week. I thank you, Father God, for the bread that you give us. Um, I'm encouraged that a lot of us have received a word today that we needed. Hallelujah, Elohim. And may every everything, the plants, the birds, humans, may we all bow down to your power your glory your omnipotence we thank you for your mercy your grace your kindness your goodness and may you cover us father god throughout this week and keep us safe from the seen and the unseen the honor and the glory goes to you father god in the mighty name of jesus amen bye guys have a good week <laughs>